Chapter Thirteen, Part Two of the Crock of Gold by James Stevens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Thirteen, Part Two: The Philosopher's Return. When the philosopher had walked for a long time, he felt a little weary and sat down to refresh himself in the shadow of a great tree. Hard by, there was a house of rugged stone. Long years ago it had been a castle, and even now, though patched by time and misfortune, its front was warlike and frowning. While he sat, a young woman came along the road and stood gazing earnestly at this house. Her hair was as black as night and as smooth as still water, but her face came so stormily forward that her quiet attitude had yet no quietness in it. To her, after a few moments, the philosopher spoke. Girl, said he, why do you look so earnestly at the house? The girl turned her pale face and stared at him. I did not notice you sitting under the tree, said she, and she came slowly forward. Sit down by me, said the philosopher, and we will talk. If you are in any trouble, tell it to me, and perhaps you will talk the heaviest part away i will sit beside you willingly said the girl and she did so it is good to talk trouble over he continued do you know that talk is a real thing there is more power in speech than many people conceive thoughts come from god they are born through the marriage of the head and the lungs the head moulds the thought into the form of words then it is born and sounded on the air which has been already in the secret kingdom of the body which goes in bearing life and comes out freighted with wisdom for this reason a lie is very terrible because it is turning mighty and incomprehensible things to base uses and is burdening the life-giving element with a foul return for its goodness but those who speak the truth and whose words are the symbols of wisdom and beauty these purify the whole world and daunt contagion the only trouble the body can know is disease all other miseries come from the brain and as these belong to thought they can be driven out by their master as unruly and unpleasant vagabonds for a mental trouble should be spoken to confronted reprimanded and so dismissed the brain cannot afford to harbor any but pleasant and eager citizens who will do their part in making laughter and holiness for the world for that is the duty of thought while the philosopher spoke the girl had been regarding him steadfastly sir said she we tell our hearts to a young man and our heads to an old man and when the heart is a fool the head is bound to be a liar i can tell you the things i know but how will i tell you the things i feel when i myself do not understand them if i say these words to you i love a man I do not say anything at all, and you do not hear one of the words which my heart is repeating over and over to itself in the silence of my body. Young people are fools in their heads, and old people are fools in their hearts, and they can only look at each other and pass by in wonder. You are wrong, said the philosopher. An old person can take your hand like this and say, May every good thing come to you, my daughter. 
for all trouble there is sympathy and for love there is memory and these are the head and the heart talking to each other in quiet friendship what the heart knows to-day the head will understand to-morrow and as the head must be the scholar of the heart it is necessary that our hearts be purified and free from every false thing else we are tainted beyond personal redemption sir said the girl i know of two great follies they are love and speech for when these are given they can never be taken back again and the person to whom these are given is not any richer but the giver is made poor and abashed i gave my love to a man who did not want it i told him of my love and he lifted his eyelids at me that is my trouble for a moment the philosopher sat in stricken silence looking at the ground he had a strange disinclination to look at the girl although he felt her eyes fixed steadily on him but in a little while he did look at her and spoke again to carry gifts to an ungrateful person cannot be justified and need not be mourned for if your love is noble why do you treat it meanly if it is lewd the man was right to reject it we love as the wind blows she replied there is a thing said the philosopher and it is both the biggest and the littlest thing in the world what is that said the girl it is pride he answered it lives in an empty house the head which has never been visited by the heart is the house pride lives in you are in error my dear and not in love drive out the knave pride put a flower in your hair and walk freely again the girl laughed and suddenly her pale face became rosy as the dawn and as radiant and lovely as a cloud she shed warmth and beauty about her as she leaned forward you are wrong she whispered because he does love me but he does not know it yet he is young and full of fury and has no time to look at women but he looked at me my heart knows it and my head knows it but i am impatient and yearn for him to look at me again his heart will remember me to-morrow and he will come searching for me with prayers and tears with shouts and threats i will be very hard to find to-morrow when he holds out his arms to the air and the sky and is astonished and frightened to find me nowhere i will hide from him to-morrow and frown at him when he speaks and turn aside when he follows me until the day after to-morrow when he will frighten me with his anger and hold me with his furious hands and make me look at him saying this the girl arose and prepared to go away he is in that house said she and i would not let him see me here for anything in the world you have wasted all my time said the philosopher smiling ah what else is time for said the girl and she kissed the philosopher and ran swiftly down the road she had been gone but a few moments when a man came out of the grey house and walked quickly across the grass when he reached the hedge separating the field from the road he tossed his two arms in the air swung them down and jumped over the hedge into the roadway he was a short dark youth and so swift and sudden were his movements that he seemed to look on every side at the one moment although he bore furiously to his own direction 
the philosopher addressed him mildly that was a good jump said he the young man spun around from where he stood and was by the philosopher's side in an instant it would be a good jump for other men said he but it is only a little jump for me you are very dusty sir you must have traveled a long distance today a long distance replied the philosopher sit down here my friend and keep me company for a little while i do not like sitting down said the young man but i always consent to a request and i always accept friendship and so saying he threw himself down on the grass do you work in that big house said the philosopher i do he replied i train the hounds for a fat jovial man full of laughter and insolence i think you do not like your master believe sir that i do not like any master but this man i hate i have been a week in his service and he has not once looked on me as on a friend this very day in the kennel he passed me as though i were a tree or a stone i almost leaped to catch him by the throat and say dog do you not salute your fellow-man but i looked after him and let him go for it would be an unpleasant thing to strangle a fat person if you are displeased with your master should you not look for another occupation said the philosopher i was thinking of that and i was thinking whether i ought to kill him or marry his daughter she would have passed me by as her father did but i would not let a woman do that to me no man would what did you do to her said the philosopher the young man chuckled i did not look at her the first time and when she came near me the second time i looked another way and on the third day she spoke to me and while she stood i looked over her shoulder distantly she said she hoped i would be happy in my new home and she made her voice sound pleasant while she said it but i thanked her and turned away carelessly is the girl beautiful said the philosopher i do not know he replied i have not looked at her yet although now i see her everywhere i think she is a woman who would annoy me if i married her if you haven't seen her how can you think that she has tame feet said the youth i looked at them and they got frightened where have you traveled from sir i will tell you that said the philosopher if you will tell me your name ah it's easily told my name is Macalane. when i came last night said the philosopher from the place of angus og in the cave of the sleepers of erin i was bidden say to a man named Macalane that the grey of matcha had neighed in his sleep and the sword of leg clashed on the floor as he turned in his slumber the young man leaped from the grass sir said he in a strained voice i do not understand your words but they make my heart to dance and sing within me like a bird if you listen to your heart said the philosopher you will learn every good thing for the heart is the fountain of wisdom tossing its thoughts up to the brain which gives them form and so saying he saluted the youth and went again on his way by the curving road now the day had advanced noon was long past and the strong sunlight blazed ceaselessly on the world his path was still on the high mountains running on for a short distance and twisting perpetually to the right hand and to the left one might scarcely call it a path it grew so narrow 
sometimes indeed it almost ceased to be a path for the grass had stolen forward inch by inch to cover up the tracks of man there were no hedges but rough tumbled ground only which was patched by trailing bushes and stretched away in mounds and hummocks beyond the far horizon there was a deep silence everywhere not painful for where the sun shines there is no sorrow the only sound to be heard was the swish of long grasses against his feet as he trod and the buzz of an occasional bee that came and was gone in an instant the philosopher was very hungry and he looked about on all sides to see if there was anything he might eat if i were a goat or a cow said he i could eat this grass and be nourished if i were a donkey i could crop the hard thistles which are growing on every hand or if i were a bird i could feed on the caterpillars and creeping things which stir innumerably everywhere but a man may not eat even in the midst of plenty because he has departed from nature and lives by crafty and twisted thought speaking in this manner he chanced to lift his eyes from the ground and saw far away a solitary figure which melted into the folding earth and reappeared again in a different place so peculiar and erratic were the movements of this figure that the philosopher had great difficulty in following it and indeed would have been unable to follow but that the other chanced in his direction when they came nearer he saw it was a young boy who was dancing hither and thither in any and every direction a bushy mound hid him for an instant and the next they were standing face to face staring at each other after a moment's silence the boy who was about twelve years of age and as beautiful as the morning saluted the philosopher have you lost your way sir said he all paths the philosopher replied are on the earth and so one can never be lost but i have lost my dinner the boy commenced to laugh what are you laughing at my son said the philosopher because he replied i am bringing you your dinner i wondered what sent me out in this direction for i generally go more to the east have you got my dinner said the philosopher anxiously i have said the boy i ate my own dinner at home and i put your dinner in my pocket i thought that i might be hungry if i went far away the gods directed you said the philosopher they often do said the boy and he pulled a small parcel from his pocket the philosopher instantly sat down and the boy handed him the parcel he opened this and found bread and cheese it's a good dinner said he and commenced to eat would you not like a piece also my son i would like a little piece said the boy and he sat down before the philosopher and they ate together happily when they had finished the philosopher praised the gods and then said more to himself than to the boy if i had a little drink of water i would want nothing else there is a stream four paces from here said his companion i will get some water in my cap and he leaped away in a few moments he came back holding his cap tenderly and the philosopher took this and drank the water i want nothing more in the world said he except to talk with you the sun is shining the wind is pleasant and the grass is soft sit down beside me again for a little time so the boy sat down and the philosopher lit his pipe do you live far from here said he 
not far said the boy you could see my mother's house from this place if you were as tall as a tree and even from the ground you can see a shape of smoke yonder that floats over our cottage the philosopher looked but could see nothing my eyes are not as good as yours are said he because i am getting old what does it feel like to be old said the boy it feels stiff-like said the philosopher is that all said the boy i don't know the philosopher replied after a few moments silence can you tell me what it looks like to be young why not said the boy and then a slight look of perplexity crossed his face and he continued i don't think i can young people said the philosopher do not know what age is and old people forget what youth was when you begin to grow old always think deeply of your youth for an old man without memories is a wasted life and nothing is worth remembering but our childhood i will tell you some of the differences between being old and young and then you can ask me questions and so we will get at both sides of the matter first an old man gets tired quicker than a boy the boy thought for a moment and then replied that is not a great difference for a boy does get very tired the philosopher continued an old man does not want to eat as often as a boy mm, that's not a great difference either the boy replied for they both do eat tell me the big difference i do not know it my son but i have always thought there was a big difference perhaps it is that an old man has memories of things which a boy cannot even guess at but they both have memories said the boy laughing and so it's not a big difference that is true said the philosopher maybe there is not so much difference after all tell me things you do and we will see if i can do them also but i don't know what i do he replied you must know the things you do said the philosopher but you may not understand how to put them in order the great trouble about any kind of examination is to know where to begin but there are always two places in everything with which we can commence they are the beginning and the end from either of these points a view may be had which comprehends the entire period so we will begin with the things you did this morning i'm satisfied with that said the boy the philosopher then continued when you awakened this morning and went out of the house what was the first thing you did the boy thought i went out and i picked up a stone and threw it into the field as far as i could what then said the philosopher then i ran after the stone to see could i catch up on it before it hit the ground yes said the philosopher i ran so fast that i tumbled over myself into the grass what did you do after that i lay where i fell and plucked handfuls of the grass with both hands and threw them on my back did you get up then no i pressed my face into the grass and shouted a lot of times with my mouth against the ground and then i sat up and did not move for a long time were you thinking said the philosopher no i was not thinking or doing anything why did you do all these things said the philosopher for no reason at all said the boy that said the philosopher triumphantly is the difference between age and youth boys do things for no reason and old people do not 
i wonder do we get old because we do things by reason instead of instinct i don't know said the boy everything gets old have you travelled very far to-day sir i will tell you that if you will tell me your name my name is MacCushion. ah when i came last night said the philosopher from the place of angus og in the cast of the sleepers i was bidden say to one named mccushion that a son would be born to angus og and his wife kathleen and that the sleepers of erin had turned in their slumbers the boy regarded him steadfastly i know said he why angus og sent me that message he wants me to make a poem to the people of erin so that when the sleepers arise they will meet with friends the sleepers have arisen said the philosopher they are about us on every side they are walking now but they have forgotten their names and the meanings of their names you are to tell them their names and their lineage for i am an old man and my work is done i will make a poem some day said the boy and every man will shout when he hears it god be with you my son said the philosopher and he embraced the boy and went forward on his journey about half an hour's easy travelling brought him to the point from which he could see far down below to the pine trees of coel doraca the shadowy evening had crept over the world ere he reached the wood and when he entered the little house the darkness had already descended the thin woman of inishmagroth met him as he entered and was about to speak harshly of his long absence but the philosopher kissed her with an unaccustomed tenderness and spoke so mildly to her that first astonishment enchained her tongue and then delight set it free in a direction to which it had long been a stranger wife said the philosopher i cannot say how joyful i am to see your good face again the thin woman was unable at first to reply to this salutation but with incredible speed she put on a pot of stirabout began to bake a cake and tried to roast potatoes after a little while she wept loudly and proclaimed that the world did not contain the equal of her husband for comeliness and goodness and that she was herself a sinful person unworthy of the kindness of the gods or of such a mate but while the philosopher was embracing seamus and bridget begg the door was suddenly burst open with a great noise four policemen entered the little room and after one dumbfoundered minute they retreated again bearing the philosopher with them to answer a charge of murder End of chapter thirteen the philosopher's return